Hey guys, welcome back to Deeper Than Most. I'm your host, Sav. And I'm your host, DJ. And we back. We back, y'all. We back. <laughs> We've been going through it. We weren't feeling good. We were literally like sick for about a week. Um, but we're recovering. So we're back and we're back in full effect. We're going to get back on schedule. We've been just oof, down and out. Should okay. be happening, guys. Life just life. Twenty twenty one has been a roller coaster. Life just life right now, bro. That's that's all. Yes. Um. So we hope everybody was able to enjoy their turkey day. Turkey and day. We're gonna be since we missed eating. it. Yeah, we're gonna be gonna eating be... with you guys yeah, today. No. Yeah. We made some grilled onion. Cheese, we bacon, just made burgers. burgers. We just made burgers. <laughs> With baked beans. We got burgers and baked beans today, guys. Ooh, but more exciting news. Episode 43. I know. This is episode 43. We're getting on up there. And that means that we are looking for guests for the show. Mm. So by episode 50, we want to start bringing guests on um, just whenever we can. Mm -hmm. So if you or if you know anybody who wants to participate in the show, then you can email us. We'll put our email, email down below. <laughs> um, it's always in the description box, too. And yeah, or you can DM us on Instagram. So let's get into it. Let's get into today's F and C because this is also an F and C. We're on F and C part 18. 18. Yeah. Mm, it came by so quick. So. Quicker than expected. I mean, we're not like flying, flying through these F and C's, but, but we we're are. Getting... Yeah. And today we're taking it on down to the bayou. We're going to be talking about the Jeff Davis 8 or the Jennings 8 um, murders in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And these murders took place from May 2005 to August 2009. So it did span over four years. Um, and it's just... Pretty sad. It's really man. tragic. Pretty sad, like. Yeah, to say the least. Um, but we're gonna get into it. And you know, before we do We have to get into the dose, dose of, of the most. most. Yes. So do you wanna do the first one? Or yeah, you to... I'll uh I'll uh I'll address it. <laughs> Go ahead. Asteroid 2018AH is an asteroid that is estimated to be around 190 meters long. 2018 is measured to being the same size as the Washington Monument. Oh and I don't God. know how big that shit is, but that it's, sounds it's huge. It's pretty big. It's really? pretty big, yeah. I don't know, like, the metrics or nothing, but it's, it's a pretty big monument. And this asteroid is heading towards Earth and is expected to pass by on December 27th. Oh, wow. So you open your That's coming up. Open your presents. And next thing you know... Boom. You just... Yeah. <laughs> now that's scary as hell, though. Why ain't nobody said nothing? To pass by us. Ain't nobody said nothing about it. I ain't heard nothing. Nothing. It's not on the news at all. Yeah. I don't understand. Stuff like and this happens every couple of years, apparently, because, like, I think last year or the year before, there was one that damn near struck us, too, in April. But, however, this one worked. If it were to make an impact, it would cause devastation far greater than an atomic bomb. And for those of you who... <laughs> it's like a nuke. Yeah. Which would, like, basically take away everything. Out. Yeah, basically wipe us out. So, like, that would kill everybody, right? Yeah. 
It more than likely would not. And it would be worse than that. It more than likely would knock us out of orbit, which was basically the story of the whole planet. It's so. Yeah. Hmm. And that's this, scary. Right, scary as fuck. And this is all according to NASA's asteroid tracker, which is cool. That which they have sounds accurate as fuck. Though. Yeah. I'm sure it is pretty accurate. So that just makes it even scarier. <laughs> so um, y'all. If the world doesn't make it to 2022, we loved you. We had fun. For sure, it was a great um, time, man. Hopefully, you guys... You <laughs> not know, much else we can really say on that. Hopefully, y'all been, you know, living a good life or what you consider to be a good life. Because, you know, you never know. Uh, is it good? Are they good? Yeah. But it tastes frozen. It doesn't taste like real meat. Like, look at it. Mm. Ooh, it yeah. tastes like breakfast sauces. Stop, right? It do, though. But it's, it's, it's decent. I fuck with it. This asteroid has passed Earth before, back in 2018, and it was closer to Earth than the moon is. Since then, no asteroid of that size has come close to Earth. Yeah, yeah so this is the second time it's passed us. Well, it will be passing us. That, okay, so maybe this is that the one that I was talking about then. Probably, yeah. Huh. It might be because this happened in 2018, which is how it got its name, I believe. Mm -hmm. But when it passed Earth the first time, mm -hmm. it was closer to Earth. Like, it was passing by. It was literally closer was to Earth the than the moon was. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. See? See? And the moon's pretty damn close. See, you guys? See? So, but this one, I don't know how far it'll be, right. like, from Earth. Right, right. But... If it's coming back, it's, still it's scary, coming though. back. I didn't know that they can, like, come back around. I mean, yeah, because honestly, we're not... Okay, so the way that space looks for us right now, we have a lot of debris out there. So I'm not surprised that there's, like, a couple of asteroids that are, like, coming around. But that's scary as hell. Mm-hmm. So if it impacts Earth, that's it. <laughs> like, Basically, that's all. It's the dinosaurs all over again. But us. Right. And we're way smaller. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, Definitely. So, our next dose of the most is fear of self. So, this one is really quick, um, and we just thought it was really interesting, um, and we're bringing spiders back. <laughs> so, researcher Daniela Rosler worked with jumping spiders and found jumping spiders know how to get away from other predatory spiders, even with never seeing them before. So oh, that's cool as fuck. Mm -hmm. I don't know specifically what jumping spiders, because I know there's more than one kind. Right. Um, but whatever jumping spider she was working with, they kind of have like a an a, like offense mechanism, mm -hmm. or no, a defense. I'm sorry, <laughs> a defense mechanism that allows them to protect themselves from predatory spiders, like it says. Sweet. So she even highlighted how Halloween spider decorations frighten real spiders who have arachnophobia. And she said this on like a talk show. Um, but the fact that she said spiders have arachnophobia is crazy. Because I would have never thought. It is cute. Like, oh, you scared of spiders too? And you are a spider, right? It's it's so interesting. Um, so yeah, spiders are just fascinating creatures. Like, even when we talked about how they do their webs and that you can make music, there's music in their webs. Oh, remember we listened to it on the mm -hmm. podcast? Yeah, it was kind of scary, was, was nice. but it was cool. 
it was it was eerie <laughs> it was a really weird tune so yeah that's that's it for our dose of the most um there's just not too much happening in the world and i keep saying this but like i don't know things you know, have just been real it's, stagnant it's, it's and weird, scary man. it's weird because ain't much happening but a lot happening mm -hmm. now we're gonna bring it down a little bit and dive into this case yes time to get serious um i do want to note that this case um does involve a minor and just the overall conversation we're going to be having throughout this episode is going to be very dark very heavy um and it's just the whole situation is very tragic so we just want to make sure that everybody is being respectful in the comments we don't really get a lot of comments anyway but, but the ones we do get please you know yeah be respectful. just yeah be uplifting be respectful um pay your respects and yeah because this whole situation to me is just very scary oh, yeah, like... and it kind of hits home for me um so yeah let's just get into this because sure. there's a lot there's a lot to unpack y'all like this is gonna be a long episode go ahead and eat your thanksgiving leftovers with us you got um, three days guys three days on those leftovers five what let's no. debate this how three many days, days do the leftovers last you got like days. how long are they good for you got three days i'm making on five days you got three days five three bro five especially if it's a good southern, why, why, why if it's a good southern cooked meal you got three days at most them greens only gonna be good that day after no no because what we did for thanksgiving last right, year bro we were eating that shit for like a week after I mean, yeah yeah true true like a but week. I honestly don't know. It's literally supposed to be like three days. It's not five. Five, five is safe. Five is safe. It's still good. Okay, we'll do three to five days. Three to five days. How's that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> don't eat that shit. After Stop. <laughs> okay, okay. So, we're going to get into the victims. There are a total of eight victims that have been confirmed to be connected to this case. And honestly, that right there it's a is lot. a lot of people. Like, yeah. that's a lot of people. They were, they were all women ages ranging from 17 to 30 years old. 17, man. 17. Young. It's so young. Young as fuck. And it's just really scary because that's such a broad spectrum. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I just feel like anybody could be a target. No, definitely. And that's a big number. 17 to 30 years old. Like, shit. 17 to early 20s. You're not even like living life for real, you know. No, I would. Some people would say even in your thirties, right? You're not. Right, right. Ollie Wally, <laughs> being bad per usual. <laughs> so we have Loretta Shison, who's 28 years old. Ernestine Patterson, who's 30. Kristen Lopez, who's 21. Whitney Dubois, who's 26. Laconia Brown, who's 23. Crystal Zeno, who's also 23. Brittany Gary, who's 17, and Nicole Guillory. Guillory, who is 26 years old. Damn. Mm. Can we stop for a second and get into how we just watched the docuseries on Hulu about yes. this? And it's um, it's with the Showtime subscription, Yes. Right? Yeah, you have to have like the Showtime subscription, so if you have it, we recommend checking out the docuseries about this case to get a better understanding of the stories, the connections, because it's very polluted. Like, it's there's super, a lot. It's super intricate. Like, there's a mm -hmm. lot of nuances, and it's a lot of stuff going on. A and lot of connections, to yeah, say the least. Um, yeah. 
The docuseries is called Murder in the Bayou. Mm-hmm. If and, you're looking for it. Yeah. And if you don't have Showtime, there's a free trial subscription, which gives you a week to, you know, test it out. And that's more than enough time to watch this docuseries because it's only five episodes. Mm-hmm. And they're like 45 minutes each. Mm-hmm. Um, But it really just breaks it all down. And the city or the town of Jennings is a very scary place. And we'll get more into that as we talk through this episode. Mm-hmm. All the victims were found in swamps or canals around Jennings, Louisiana, which is saying a good bit because Jennings is not a big town. At all. I think there was like, what, 15,000 or 10,000 people living Yeah, there? like 10,000 people. Not a lot of people at all. Most of the bodies were so badly decomposed that authorities and med examiners could not conclude any causes or manners of death for most or Almost all of the women, yeah. I think there was like one or two that were confirmed. Or one that was confirmed and one that was suspected, but the bodies were like just very decomposed. And, um, you know, it's just hard to get any evidence from that. Especially in that type of climate that's down there, you know? Yeah, exactly. The swamps, yeah. Whoever was disposing of the bodies, I feel like they knew. Let me not get into my theories just yet, but I just feel like... They knew that putting oh, a body definitely. in water definitely. would erase everything you need to erase, definitely. pretty much, you know? To get into the first victim, her name was Loretta, and she was 28 at the time. She was described by her brothers Chad and Nicholas as a loving mom, daughter, and sister. She was fiercely loyal and was always there when needed, and her body was found May 20th, 2005 by a fisherman who initially thought she was a mannequin. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. That's just scary. That's scary as fuck. Um, and it's just a nightmare to, like, have to grasp somebody that you love and know. Right. And I couldn't even imagine being, like, even that random fisherman. Just, like, going, ready to go fishing, you know, whatever. mm -hmm. And just see it, like, a dead body. You know, fishermen start early in the morning. Early as hell. So... I don't know what time she was found, but it had to be early. Yeah, it was early enough because usually, let's see, when me and my great granddad go fishing, probably be like damn near five thirty, six o'clock. Yeah, like really early in the morning. Yeah. So she was floating in the East Fork of Grand Marais. Or is that Marais? It's Marais. Marais. Okay. She was floating in the East Fork of Grand Marais Canal, just a few miles southwest of Jennings, Louisiana. She was partially clothed, and she didn't have any shoes on. Hmm. And shoes is a really big factor in all of these cases. A lot mm-hmm. of these women didn't have their shoes on for some weird reason. I don't, I don't know why. Like, yeah, it's just odd. Detail. It's yeah, it's so weird. She was severely decomp, which made ID and evidence collection nearly impossible. The autopsy claimed she had no physical injury, and her toxicology report showed high levels of drugs and alcohol in her system. And this is pretty prominent throughout the other women as well. Right. So authorities suspected she had been in the canal for three to four days before even being found. And that's a pretty long time. Pretty long time. Enough time for her body to really like go through the elements. You've got the sun, you've got the rain, Especially in those conditions. It's like superhuman. Yeah, it's swamp animals in there. You're just swapping like there's animals. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, It's just very easy for the elements to take over a body and start to like consume it. 
Right. Um, just even in such a short period of time. Yeah, no, definitely. So now we're going to get into the second and third victims. The second victim being Ernestine Patterson, who was a proud mother of four and was only 30 years old. She had lived in and around Jennings her whole life. Ernestine was last seen June 16, 2005. Her body was discovered two days later in a drainage canal off Louisiana Highway 102. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Yeah. In a drainage canal. Mm-hmm. Mm. She was literally just, like, dumped. No respect. Right. Just like, tossed out there. Yeah. It's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. She was partially clothed, and police noted her throat had been slit. Hmm. She was so that's one cause of death that right. was semi-confirmed. Right. Hmm. She was discarded six miles from where Loretta was found. Ooh, Which is no. very close. Yeah, that's super close. That's eerily close. That's, that's scary. Super close. Especially living in such a small town. Like, for one, word gets around quick, but also knowing that shit is happening like so close together and mm -hmm. so quickly it's like okay hold on what, what's who do we on? trust yeah, yeah. like, like what is, is going on in my home <laughs> you know it's a very scary thing to think about and to live through right understand's hand was also bruised and her face was unrecognizable and um we watched like i said we watched that documentary and it went into detail of mm -hmm. how bad it was mm -hmm. so it was very i want to say eye-opening to hear like from all the people that knew and loved the victims mm -hmm. um especially just because you know the way society is and the way corporate america would look at these women um right. you know they would see them as Oh, that nobody loves them. You know, nobody cares mm -hmm. about them. Nobody's thinking about them. And that just simply wasn't the case. Like, these women were loved. Right. And these women had children. They were sisters. They were friends. They were cousins. They were, you know, like, I don't know. Like, their their lives still mattered, regardless of what type of lifestyle they were living. Right. You know, and I think it's very important that people, like, humble themselves to stuff. Because, like... It could have been you. Like, it could be you. It could be your family member. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And for people to just, like, when they come across situations like this, they're so quick to judge, judge. those people. And then just, like, a week later. just When you wouldn't understand unless you've yeah. been through it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, just be more mindful of the things you say and um, the way that you treat people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, the way you word things. Literally yeah. everything matters. It took police two months to properly ID her, and she was found by a group of froggers at that. And froggers be out, like, super early or same, super late at night. Same, yeah, same deal. So, yeah, because that's when frogs are, like, the most active, right? Yeah, usually, usually at night. Two months to ID yeah. her, though. That is insane. And it had to be through DNA. because right. Well... Actually, in the documentary... I think it said dental records, right? Yes, because they were so badly decomped that, you know, there wasn't a lot of skin to work with. Yeah. Um, and if there's not a lot of skin to work with, how are you supposed to ID somebody based off of tattoos or mm -hmm. scars or mm -hmm. th if there's no material right. to work with? Um, so that in itself is very sad our, to me. Yeah, it's super sad. <laughs> you know, it's just fucked up. But I do like the fact that, like, 
they were able to at least ID her through dental records because her teeth are like literally the strongest. Like, yeah. That we have, you know. That is so, true. Yeah. That's good. So our third victim was Kristen Lopez, who was 21 at the time of her passing. Her aunt described Kristen as outgoing and well liked. Kristen was last seen alive or alive by her friends and family on March 6, 2007. It was known that Kristen was involved in a high-risk lifestyle that heavily included drug abuse and prostitution, so it was not unusual for her to go MIA for a few days. Mm. Um, and what I just said there is prominent in all of these women's lives, according to police, because if you were to ask the families, you know, the family, like, most of the families were saying that, you know, she was dealing with this, but she wasn't dealing with that. Mm. Um, and it was just different for every woman. But the way the police were throwing it around, all of the women were categorized as abusing drugs and partaking in prostitution. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's a very big theme in this case, to say the least. So she wasn't reported missing until 10 days after the 6th. A fisherman discovered Lopez's completely nude body in the Petitian Canal? I don't know if that's Petition. right. Petitian. In the Petitian Canal, a rural area near Cherokee Road, right off Louisiana 99, about 10 miles south of the town of Welsh. Authorities believe that Kristen had been left in this location, but killed elsewhere. So just like a drop off. Mm -hmm. Her cause of death was undetermined and autopsy reports showed high levels of drugs and alcohol in her system. It's just so eerie. Yes. All the details. Scary ass shit. And all these women were connected somehow. And it's just... I don't know. And there's a lot of police corruption going on in the town. So now we're going to get into our fourth victim. The fourth victim was Whitney Charlene Dubois, who was 26 years old. She was last seen May 10th, 2007. Her remains were found on May 12th of 07 at the intersection of Bobby Earl Duhon Road, about five miles outside of Jennings. Oof. Every, it's just so close. Like, yeah, she is like super Everything. Close. Whitney was described as someone who enjoyed listening to music and she adored her daughter. She was tough on the outside, but a softie on the inside. She, was left a la she left a lasting impression on all those who knew and loved her. Her body was nude and investigators believe she had been deceased for a couple of days. That's literally how they said it. She oh. was deceased for a couple of days. That's how they said it. Oh, wow. Like, just, can we get a number? Right. You know? No real... I don't know. There was no... What's the word I'm looking for? Mm. There was no initiative in the cases of these women. If mm. you get what I mean. Like, from police. Right. There was no initiative to figure out who was doing this. Figure out why. Figure out why these women in particular... Um, just not a lot of initiative. It's just very sketch. There was no cause of death, and she too had high levels of drugs and alcohol in her system. So I'm sensing a bit of a pattern here. Yeah, definitely a pattern. That's These women were, um, I don't even want to give it away. They were just right. very interconnected, and right. they were into the same type of things. Um, 
but we'll get more into that. Her face was beat so bad, her face was also unrecognizable. Jesus. Yep, just like Ernestine. Mm-hmm. So, the next victim is Laconia Brown, who was 23. Laconia Chantel, a.k.a. Muggy, was a lifelong Jennings resident who had attended Jennings High School. She had one son and went missing on May 27, 2008. Her body was discovered two days later. Around 2 a.m. on the morning of May 29th, a Jennings police officer discovered her body lying on Rocker Road, which leads to the police firing range. Although in a rural area, Brown's body was the first found within the city or within the city limits of Jennings. Mm-hmm. So all the other other ones were like on the outskirts or just around Jennings. Uh-huh. This one was technically Two o'clock in. in. The morning, huh? Right. Two o'clock in the morning, huh? What, what was you Right, doing? why were you going to the firing range? What, right. Are they even open? Right. Pretty sure it's not 24 hours. Right. Hmm. Ain't no telling. That shit's weird. Weird as fuck. She was found with her clothes on. However, her shoes were missing as well, um, which is just so weird. It's like you say that the other women also didn't have shoes on. Exactly. Huh. Her throat was slit and her body was doused with bleach. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, she was wearing a white tank that was stained pink, and police believed an unknown liquid diluted what they think was blood. Um, but with bleach being doused on her, I think it's safe to assume or, I don't know, infer that the unknown liquid was the bleach. I mean, bleach would definitely dilute blood, wouldn't you think? And it would probably turn the shirt a white Oh, sure, no, it, does. it does. It will. Her body was found only six hours after it had been left there, which is crazy because it's like it's almost as if they're right on their tail. Right. You know? Or maybe somebody just, you know, just happened to fucking know because, like, that's super convenient. Yeah. Laconia's family stated that she may have known something horrible was about to happen to her and that she was actually living in fears just days prior to her death. She was good friends with um, on one of the other victims that we haven't gotten to yet, which is Brittany Gary, who would eventually become the seventh victim. Also lending credence to the possibility that the deaths were somehow connected, Laconia Brown was at one time implicated in a rape case along with one of the original suspects in the Ernestine Patterson murder, which is the second victim. Just a lot of connections, honestly. Yeah. And a lot of... Yes. It's just all so connected and it's really, really scary to -hmm. think about. What are your thoughts so far before we... I mean, honestly, looking at where this is and circumstances around, corruption is an understatement for situations like this. You know what I mean? And it does exist. Yeah, no, especially especially (laughs) in small towns like this. Like, Mm -hmm. politics are a wild thing. And if, you know, if you've never been around that, if you haven't ever been to a small town to know how the politics come and play, then, you know, you wouldn't understand. But... It's scary. Super scary. With all that being said, we're going to take a minute to thank our sponsors and we will see you soon. And we're 
back from taking the time to thank our sponsor. And let's get on to the sixth victim. Crystal Shea Benoazino was 23 and was last seen August 29, 2008. Her remains were found on September 11, 2008, near a dry irrigation canal just a few miles from Jennings. All these canals, too. Mm-hmm. It's a very distinct spot to place all these bodies, but they're, like, different ones. Yeah, but... Judging, in different from, areas. judging from what how they've been, there's been a drainage canal, a dry irrigation canal. Right. It's all places where water is more than more likely to fall onto the bodies or like encounter yeah. the bodies. So it's That's it, what I'm saying. And that yeah. gets rid of evidence mm -hmm. and DNA. Mm -hmm. Makes it harder to find a cause of death. Yeah. Figure out who the victim even is. Yeah. Scary stuff. Yep. Crystal was employed at Sonic and Lake Arthur until May 2008 when she moved to Jennings. Oh man, that must be so sad. Just imagine, like, and you know, saying. A couple of months. Yeah. She was only there a couple of months. Damn. Crystal enjoyed spending time with her daughter. She loved fishing, singing, and listening to music. She was described as a people person and loved spending time with her friends. According to her parents, Crystal was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at age 12 and started using drugs to cope with the illness. Oh, man. That's sad. And that's hard. That's yeah, tough. It's that's tough to deal with as is, but especially when you're not getting the proper treatment for right. it. You know? Right. Especially around this time, we just, as a society, weren't as mentally aware to say the least. And honestly, mental health was not really talked about at all. Yeah, exactly. So actually, we still aren't. Cause these people, oh my god. Let me eat my On September 11, 2008, hunters reported a foul smell in a wooded area to police. Crystal's remains were found at 3 p.m. on Lacour Road, Levy, right? Mm-hmm. Off Highway 1126 Southeast of Jennings. Her remains were badly decomposed and it took two months to ID her. Jesus. Mm -mm -mm. Another two months. Right. The results came back with her manner of death being homicide and her cause of death was undetermined. So victim number seven is Brittany Gary, who was 17 years old. Brittany left her home around 5 p.m. on November 2nd, 2008 and never returned. Her home was located on South Do Doyle Street in Jennings. She walked a few blocks to a family dollar store on Plaquemine Street to purchase prepaid minutes for her cell phone, but she just never returned. Hmm. So she just vanished with thin air or what? At 5.30 p.m., she was caught on surveillance where she was making her purchase. However, she was completely alone, and there was no sign of anyone else waiting for her or accompanying her. Or accompanying her. The surveillance footage was the last time she was ever seen. So, once she walked out the store, like, that was it. Nobody really knew. But on the documentary, because they were talking about all this pollution, and there was this pimp, and the police, and there was just a lot going on in the documentary. But I remember how they had mentioned that she was she made, like, a quick phone call to somebody that was, like, literally four seconds long. And... It was supposedly to, I don't know if it was to the pimp, Richard, or if it was to somebody else. Um, anyways, uh, but the guy had denied, but then somebody ended up picking her up. And that was it. And that was the last time, yeah, exactly. According to witnesses, but I don't believe it was ever confirmed. 
So there's just a lot of ins and outs to this, you know? Mm-hmm. Brittany was not known to disappear for long periods of time. When she did leave, she always called or at least answered her calls or her mom's calls. Calls to Brittany's cell phone went unanswered and her voicemail box indicated that her inbox was full. November 15th, a search was conducted and at 12.30 p.m., a searcher located Brittany's body on the side of the road a half mile south of Louisiana 1126 on Keystone Road, about four miles south of Roanoke. Although it was concluded her death was a homicide, police never released her cause of death autopsy reports or toxicology reports Mm. which is suspicious because why wouldn't you right like and they never came out saying that they had any leads or any suspects or um anything like that people of interest nothing Mm. so what what's the reason to not disclose the information right unless you're recovering something up exactly However, on August 21st, 2009, her aunt made a blog post with Brittany's cause of death. And in this blog post, she put that Brittany's cause of death was from asphyxiation. Brittany and or her family were connected to all six of the prior victims. And they just knew all of them, literally. Well, but it, they were, it was a small town. Right, so it right. makes everybody sense. Knows everybody knows that. Yeah, and that really showed in the documentary. Like everybody was like, "That's this cousin. They were dating this person. That's my friend. Mm-hmm. Like my uncle, so and so." It was a lot. Um, so I feel like us just talking about this isn't going to do justice with how interconnected everything is. Definitely recommend you guys just check out that docu-series because it'll really break it down (laughs) gotta gotta look into it like break it down break it down Brittany had expressed previously to her mother her fears and concerns regarding the other women's deaths she was scared and wasn't sure who could be trusted anymore which is a lot coming from like a 17 year old right you know you would think like okay she just needs to be focused on school like she's about to graduate high school soon like I don't know It's just sad to think that that's what she was worried about at 17. Right. A week before Brittany Gary went missing, a serial killer profiler told private investigator Kirk Menard that another girl would be killed before Christmas. Menard had recently been hired by several people close to the deceased women to investigate the deaths independently from law enforcement. So that's just very sketch in itself yeah super as well like the whole thing everything it's just so i don't know it's just so insane it's just so crazy how like i don't know it's just so much going on it is so much so now we're gonna get into our last victim nicole jean guillory who was 26 years old was last seen on august 16 2009 which Based on, you know, what Kirk Menard was told, um, that doesn't really add up. Because mm-hmm. he was told that there would be another victim before Christmas. And Nicole's death wasn't until the year after. Right. So, I don't know. I wonder if there was somebody in between or... And it just wasn't connected. Who knows? Right. Or maybe there just wasn't anybody. Right. And it was just false information. Right. Hmm. That could be the case. Yeah. Her remains were found three days later near the westbound I-10 exit in Egan, Louisiana. She lived in Lake Arthur, loved being outdoors, 
and enjoyed listening to music. She's considered to be the last victim in this case. Nicole's body was found by a highway worker who was mowing grass. Jesus. That would be some shit too. Yeah. To come across. Yeah. Just, just you know, going into work one morning. Shit, yeah. Know, and then just come across a dead girl. Yeah. Death. I can only, I can't imagine. You know, it's yeah. just scary to even think scary about. I'm eerie as fuck. Like, not eerie as fuck, but I'm just, like, scared as hell of everything, so. Her body was left between mile markers 72 and 73, which are between Crowley and Jennings. Coroners ruled her death a murder with an emphasis on possible asphyxia. Nicole's mother recalled that shortly before Nicole's disappearance, she had asked Nicole what kind of icing she wanted for her birthday cake. Nicole replied, it didn't matter because she wouldn't see her birthday. Damn, that's pretty grim. Yeah, that's harsh. Yeah. And sad. Once again, it's just so tragic and eerie and scary, especially with all these prior victims. Like, I can only imagine the fear because they all knew each other. So I can only imagine the fear of these other women. Oh, like, yeah, like, oh, shit. Knowing, like, oh, my God, did you hear what happened to so-and-so and what happened to her and her? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm scared that I'm next. I know all these women. Like, you know? Yeah. That's scary as fuck. Super. In my opinion. Oh, yeah. Scary as hell. Sadly, Nicole's premonition was true. Her body had been found just days before her birthday. She had also told her mother, police killed the other seven women, and it would only be a matter of time before she ended up dead, too. Mm-mm. That's crazy. Crazy as hell. That's so crazy. And dark. Like, what do you do? Right. What do you do? Because, like, at that point, if somebody tells you that, like, how do you respond to that? Like, what's... Exactly. So, th those were all the victims. And, honestly, just rest in peace to all of them. Mm -hmm. These women were very loved. And they didn't deserve anything. Anything that happened to them. Um, I just... I don't... I don't get... I don't get it. <laughs> like, I just don't get it. I mean, I get it. Like, if you were to ask police, they were living high-risk lifestyles, quote-unquote, um, whatever the fuck that means. And from what cops say, that's what comes with the territory. Like, you know, they were dealing with crazy people, so blase, blase. I mean, yeah, but but like, it's still people. Mm, like, it's still got Right. Family, Does that mean they mean? deserved what happened? No. Right. Not at all. Now we're going to get into some deeper connections. Um... We're only going to highlight a couple just to kind of give you guys an idea of, like, the connections that were had between these women. Um, but literally, I can only stress this enough. Watch the docuseries, for real. Um, this isn't, like, a sponsor or anything. We, um, we just saying, watch Hulu. That's what we do. The first connection is between Christian Lopez and Brittany Gary who were cousins. The second thing is that it was known in the community that all of the women had connections to one another, as in they were friends or related or ran with the same crowd. The third connection is that they were known to get high together and hang out as well. And they would party together, um, have adult parties together, um, really just living life so the last connection that we're going to talk about is that most of the women were confidential informants for local police at some point mm. before their passing okay all right yes oh, i sense a motive and that big that cop that they just kept bringing up in the uh, docuseries who was like a jailer was it terry something 
Yeah, it was Terry Gillery. Yeah. He was the warden of the jail for um, Jeff Davis Parish County. Where all the women had been incarcerated before. Right. And frequently, um, just because of, you know, the things that they were doing, so they would frequently be in jail. The Jeff Davis Parish Jail was like a second home for most of the victims. Um, And... Yeah, there was a lot going on in that jail with Terry around. Terry Guillory, that name. And whatever the fuck that name, that dude was something Richard. Kevin Richard? Nah, it wasn't Kevin. We're going to get into our suspects and a couple of oddities. The first is Ricky Edwards, who was a sheriff of Jefferson Davis Parish from 1992 to 2012 and was in office during all eight of the murders. That's suspicious alone. Super. Hmm. Second, authorities publicly believe that all the victims were sex workers to support their drug addictions. And that is big because not means that all they of them were. Knew, yeah, not all of them were. But also, it was just really big because there was this pimp who was connected to all of them. We don't remember his first name, but his second or his last name was Richard. Or Richard for those who aren't. It's Richard. Yeah. <laughs> and um he was supposedly like the pimp of the of the girls. But I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's just very controversial and suspicious. When you watch when you watch the docuseries, you'll see what we mean. So another oddity that comes up is lost or missing evidence. It was like every single case there was something wrong. Yeah. I think there was a missing weapon at one point. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff that ends up missing or lost. Yes, which happens more often than it should. I feel like. Right. And there was also a possibility of a serial killer being on the loose, which oof. Or multiple. Or yeah, or multiple, because that's a lot to do over that course of... I mean, but think about, like, other serial killers that have higher victim counts. That's that's a lot going on in such a short... But if this was, like, a hit on some of these women for dealing with certain people, Mm -hmm. that's more than one person for sure, and it's not necessarily like a single serial killer on the loose, Mm -hmm. you know? Chief Investigator also bought a pickup truck from an inmate known to be friends with one of the victims. Hmm. Weird, right? <laughs> yeah. What? Witness observed Kristen Lopez in the same truck on the day of her disappearance. By the time the witness came forward, the vehicle had already been washed and resold. Yes. Wow. And I forgot who the chief investigator was, like what his name was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he had bought a pickup truck from an inmate who was supposedly friends with one of the victims mm. and witnesses observed Christian Lopez riding in the same truck on the day of her disappearance. And by the time the witness came forward, the chief investigator who had bought the pickup truck washed it out at like a odd ass time during the day mm. and then he resold it for profit. Mm. Like right away. 
And there were even people in the documentary coming forward saying that he was going around telling folks that he washed it and resold it to get rid of evidence. There are at least nine other unsolved murders, in addition to the Jeff Davis eight, between 2005 and 2014. Yes, and these are all ones that could be possible other victims or, like, connected Mm. um, to this case, pretty much. Oh, wow. That's fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. A 109-page report by the multi-agency task force is said to contain dozens of interviews in which witnesses suggest police involvement. And I don't think that's an accident. Right. There's no way. There's no way that's an accident. Hell no. It's just too on the nose. It just makes too much sense. And we didn't even get into, like, specific suspects um, and, like, people because it's just so polluted. Like, we would be sitting here for a long time. Probably for another hour. (laughs) Yeah, a very long time. Um, But when you watch the documentary, pay attention to a man with the last name Richard. Um, pay attention to the jailer, um, which was Terry Guillory, and really just the police force in general and how work was being conducted. Um, it'll have you leaving that documentary with more questions than you had fucking going in because honestly, going in, I didn't have a lot of questions because I'd already done the research on the case, mm-hmm. but after watching it, like, after we finished episode five, I was like, okay, I got more questions now. Like, you know? So, yeah, keep that in mind. Um, it's like a rabbit hole. It just keep it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper, like, oh, yeah. with every episode. That being said, we are going to get into our wind down. And we have five. Five. Five of them. Nice. The first is, do you think police corruption could have played a part in any of the murders? In any of them. I say it played a part oh. in all of them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's just too much it just makes coincident- a lot of sense. coincidental and suspicious shit. Right. Like, it's a lot. Exactly. And even if it wasn't necessarily the police, um, I know that the pimp, uh, whatever his name is, Richard, um, mm-hmm. he had connections with the police. Right. So even then, even if the police weren't directly doing the work, um, they were easily able to let him off the hook for doing whatever work he's doing, mm-hmm. quote unquote, you know? Mm-hmm. So our second wind down question is, do you believe this was a solo serial killer or a multi-killer spree connected or unconnected? Hmm. Honestly, I feel like it's more than one person. So do you think that for a multi-killer spree, do you think it was just multiple killers just randomly killing these women? Or do you think that it was, connect, like, connected? You oh, know, like, no. it was it a was, hit of multiple killers. definitely, definitely connected. Especially if word got out that these women were informants. I'm mm-hmm. certain that. That right there is a big target. Yeah, I'm certain that there were people Being on there. the streets and being known as a, a quote-unquote snitch or, like, an informant, yeah. People are going to be looking at you crazy, especially in a small town. Right. That's even worse. Right. That's a bad mix. And you can't change small town people's, like, mind that easy. Like, 
they're not gonna just anybody's be, mind really. Right, they're not gonna be like, oh well, you know, you know, Johnny said they're in no, it's so fine. Yeah, no, but like there fine. were people that were saying they saw some of the victims leaving police vehicles at strange hours of the night, getting dropped off, right, um, at home. Just a lot of. A lot of, a lot of, okay? I think it was a multi-killer spree as well. I just think there was a lot of moving parts to this. Mm -hmm. But definitely connected. There's no way that it can't be. There's just no way. For all of the victims to know each other, Mm -hmm. and in the documentary, they ruled out that it was a singular serial killer because... Typically, when serial killers go on a spree, their victims don't know each other because that runs a higher risk of them being... Caught, yeah. Yeah, caught. So, the fact that these women did know each other, it makes more sense that it would be a multi-killer spree. Mm -hmm. And not just one singular person. Unless, in my opinion, it would be one person calling the shots and then other people going and doing the job. Right. You know? Which could, honestly, from the way that the Excuse Dr. Series was set up and the way that the, some of these details roll out, as a definite possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definite. for sure. So, question three. Do you think the killer or killers are still at large? And honestly, yeah, they got off. Scott free. Hell yeah. And that's scary as yeah. hell. Um, I would not be able to sleep at night. I know that. I would move. <laughs> right, right away, like, I'd be I gone. I wouldn't even want to be there. Yeah, for sure. So the fourth question is: Do you think it is a coincidence that all of the women were somehow connected? Um, why or why not? Um, honestly, I don't think it was coincidental at all. Why? And the reason I say that is because. Maybe, like, I don't know, maybe there was something, like, a big overhead something that they weren't supposed to find out. And right, seen something, saw yeah. something, you know, heard something, Yeah. whatever, knew something that you weren't supposed to. Right. And that or was hinted somebody, at a lot in the right. show. Right, either that or somebody that they were close to knew something that they weren't supposed right. to know. And, and they all knew, like, the same people. Right. So. Um. Yeah, I definitely don't think it was a coincidence either. And... I don't know. Same thing. I just feel like it just had it. It was deep. Like it just had to be something deeper. They all knew each other, and I'm sure they were all talking. Yeah, no. Especially definitely. as they were getting killed like one by one, and this was over a span of a couple of years. So the women were still close. I'm sure they were like talking about this. Definitely were. And like rightfully so, they were scared for their lives. So. I don't know. I definitely just don't think it's a coincidence. It can't be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. Our last one is, do you think it is possible to get justice for, if not all, any of the victims? Um, I don't think we will unless somebody starts yeah, talking. Somebody got to sing. Because it's, it's too deep. Like, yeah. It's too deep for... Yeah, it's too deep. Like some, And the thing is, not even somebody knows something... Multiple people, people know yeah. something. You have to. It's such a small town. Like people Especially talk. With the way that politics are at play. Yeah. And yeah, the police being suspected of having parts in this. It's a whole web of shit. 
Like, literally. Deep stuff. That's all it is. It's very Deep deeply stuff. rooted. Um, so, I don't know. I don't think so. Because the police are going to cover their ass from the moon to the sun. Oh, for sure. And that's that. You bleed blue, they're, you know, it's different. So, do you have any kind words? Um. Or anything else? Because that was it. That was our, our wind down. Um, we have our Christmas decorations kind of, you know. Up there doing our thing. We got a new salt lamp. Yeah, we got a little friend in the back over here. A candy elf. There's treats in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and our, um, what is it? Letterboard? Yeah, it's a letterboard. Yeah. And just like all of these women, you matter. And don't forget, man. Don't forget that. Yeah. Whenever you feel like you're having a bad day, you matter. You Always. Matter. And that would be, that would be my kind words. You matter. Yeah. Short and sweet. You matter. I agree. I think that's good. And I think that's enough to know that you matter and to know that you're loved yeah, yeah, man. Um, and that you're cared about, even if you feel like you aren't, because sometimes it can feel that way, sure. you know? Sure. So, yeah, that's really all there is for today. Episode 43. Wow. It's crazy. And just to end this episode off, um... You know, in a way that decategorizes these women as drug users and prostitutes. Um, we just wanted to highlight the fact that all of these women were loved. They were daughters, sisters, wives, mothers, aunts, cousins, and friends. And they won't be forgotten. And in the documentary, a lot of people kept saying that you know, nowadays and like recently in past years, it feels as though the community has moved on from the Jeff Davis eights and people are no longer concerned. It's almost like the women just disappeared and that was it. Like nobody talks about it. So I'm really glad that we were able to bring lights to this case and just spark the conversation again because none of this shit was solved. And that's a problem. Big problem. Huge. And that's a theme with a lot of the cases that we cover. They usually go unsolved. Well, the, all of the ones that we cover are unsolved right now yeah. because the FNC series is, um, it's notorious crimes from each state, like the most notorious. And typically, well, not even typically, all of them are unsolved, I think. Because all the ones that we have done are unsolved. But this is just like the rest, an unsolved case. So with that being said, guys. I've been your host, DJ. And I've been your host, Sam. Stay light, stay bright, stay positive, and... Keep loving, keep watching, keep supporting. And yes. we'll catch you next week on... Deeper, Deeper Than, than Most. Most.